The McElroy brothers are not experts, and their advice should never be followed. Travis insists he's a sexpert, but if there's a degree on his wall, I haven't seen it. Also, this show isn't for kids, which I mention only so the babies out there will know how cool they are for listening. What's up, you cool baby? It's familiar, but not too familiar, but not too Welcome to my brother, my brother, and me, and advice show for the modern era. Cyber Monday is here, and I'm Justin Cyber McElroy. And I'm uh, Travis, Mr. Roboto McElroy. ASL, it's Griffin McElroy, your youngest baby brother. <laughs> I put on my wizard hat and prepare my body for you. <laughs> uh, this is the value day, folks. If you head over to uh, this... The number one shopping site in the world, BezosPlace.com. Mm. If you go to Bezos Place, you can get a bunch of great deals on all the latest and greatest in tech, toys, gadgets and gizmos, a plenty. Uh, finally fucking put Toys R Us out of business this year, so we're all kind of on a high from that. And who will be next in 2019? Yeah, let's see who you want to see Bees Bose Eats next. Hmm. Hmm. I'd say Brookstone's had it fucking coming for a while, huh? You got your expensive, yeah. like, you know, $240 Wi-Fi enabled nutcracker. Beesbos comes around. <laughs> now Brookstone's in me. I am I, Brookstone. I don't know that Sky Mall still exists. I it mean, Beesbo might have already eaten that one. Did he, he got that one. He got that one already? He, he travels a lot. He's on planes a lot. He sees it. He gets hungry. Beesbo's going to eat the air mall. You know what I would like to see? Mm. I think that he has conquered it to the point where I think Bezos needs to walk away from Amazon, leave all his money behind, and start again and see how long it takes him to catch back up to Amazon. Yeah, if you think you're such hot shit. Yeah. <laughs> so what? You did it once. Anybody could right. make a multi-billion dollar company once. Do it again yeah. if you're such and hot shit. And now you know what you're doing enough that I feel like you could catch back up in like five years. Yeah, why don't you just sort of send everyone, you know, $2.4 million, which as far as I know, you can do. Mm-hmm. And then let's see let's see what else you, you innovate there, you, you lucky dipshit. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. Hey. I could do another one right now. I could do one right now, okay. a sequel to Amazon. Here's, do you want to hear it? Please. Yeah. This is the new one. This is the new one. Okay? Okay. You know how they have... If you get Prime with them, you get two day free two day shipping. Mm. Uh-huh. I uh I'm gonna go for free one day shipping. Okay. How, there, you get- how about that? Like you- how about that? Now I'm bigger than Amazon. Yeah, like Justin it's not it wasn't it. hard. Can um, I pitch one? Can I pitch one? Can I pitch one? Yeah. With every thirty dollar purchase or more, one free back rub. From from Beesbos? No, here's the thing. Uh-huh. From whoever you want. <laughs> Oh wow! Yeah, and this is a this is now a legal law of the land. Yeah, can I do can I do this to to um you know Tony Romo? Can I just say Tony Romo? Come yes. rub these shoulders. Okay. Now you will have to schedule. I mean, like if you're like Oscar Isaac's, like I need I need that back rub. Like you're gonna have to schedule it. You know what mm. I mean? Like he he's probably pre booked up at this point. You know, th- it's a good thing that I don't run Amazon. This is why I can't be a big rich. Hot shot like Jeff this Beesbo is why okay is because I would wait till Cyber Monday and then I would just put an animated video of myself and with Flash on the front page of the website and just say it's all books again mm. now it's just <laughs> books again uh-huh. <laughs> buy it or don't I don't care I'm incredibly wealthy but this one is just books now I'm doing this for books I should have never got away from books. It's all books again. I love petulant cyber beesbos saying, oh, we'll pay our workers a fair living wage. In exchange, it's all books again. Not going to get your Black Friday, Cyber Monday deals on those house slippers unless you're going to shove your paws into two big books. Ooh. I hope you enjoy your dash button for kitty litter. Press it all fucking day. The only thing I'm going to bring you is a book about cat ownership. 
maybe that's what it's, it's time for Peace Bo to walk away from it, fill a sack with books, and then walk across the country hand delivering books to people Love while it. he thinks about his next big deal. Either that or maybe, because at this point, let's be honest, Amazon, you've got to have like a whole giant warehouse just full of the books you forgot that you were supposed to sell. Absolutely. Maybe start yeah. like hollowing those out and shipping people the things they ordered in books. Well, what do you think HQ2 is going to be made out of, Trav? <gasps> Made out of books? No, the bones of employees that Big (laughs) Jeff just kind of uses as, um, you know, dude sucks. Hey, can I tell you guys something horrible, though? What's that? Did you see the Al Roker thing (laughs) from Thanksgiving? Yeah. No? Yeah, I saw a headline and I skipped it. Oh, you shouldn't have. You should have really... Patronize that click, bud, because um, this is a, this is a very this is a good like meal time prep for me because uh, Travis posted our mom's old sweet potato casserole recipe uh, that I had not seen in a while. It's like my favorite dish that she made for Thanksgiving. I was so psyched. I made it. It was so ballin', and so I sympathize with. Mr. Roker, who on the Today Show presented his mom's uh, sweet potato-based Thanksgiving food recipe, is kind of a casserole, but with um, chunks of pineapple and like a heaping handful of baking soda in it, which I'm, I'm still trying to wrap my mind around almost as far, and again, I do not, I'm not dunking on Mr. Roker or his mom uh, or anything like that. I would never do that. I respect the game. The recipe he did say on television a few times was sweet potato poon. <laughs> no. And Al Roker said it with his mouth on the television and my ears, and I'm assuming lots of other people's ears, heard the waves that he created and then were sort of digitally synthesized, sent over the airwaves and then into sweet potato poon. And he really hit it poon and he hit it hard. Um, loud plosives, loud everything. So that was the highlight of my year. It's, it that sounds very good. Where were you, Justin, when you uh, you saw it on a website? You didn't even hear the word, did you? No, I saw Dad. Al Roker popped up on TV, and Dad got really mad at him. Um, oh yeah, well, because you know, he hates Al Roker now that because he was mean to us that one time. Yeah. Um, I don't know how I feel now. I was mad at him, and then the poon thing happened, and now I actually I think he gained a few points. Because how bold and brazen! Like I get that you're trying to share your mom's sweet potato casserole recipe. It's a beautiful instinct, right? But maybe mm. t- have a talk with the producers, a frank talk with the producers. There was a fucking Chiron that said Somebody sweet potato designed poon. it. Yes. Somebody sat down and said, you know what? I'm going to put a lot of love into this sweet potato poon graphic. Yeah. And uh, even the Today Show Twitter account yeah. tweeted Come- the video with the caption, what do our guest judges think of Al Roker's sweet potato poon? They love it. <laughs> yeah, and I don't like it we being- We love Al Roker's I- poon. Yeah, I don't like it being possessive like that, huh? That's yeah, rough. <laughs> Your guest judges love Roker's poon. And now here we are saying it, and and it's a word we would literally never say in any other context because it's- Arguably one of the worst ways to refer to genitalia, but I guess it's okay because it's actually referring to a marshmallowy sweet potato <laughs> treat. I don't know what's more offensive, the use of poon or the use of uh, marshmallows on sweet potato. Yeah, we have feelings. That's, listen, we have some opinions. It's no big deal. Some Did opinions? you say opinions? We have some opinions. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the worst. Uh, so this is an advice show, okay? And what we do basically on this one is we just give you advice. You send us your questions and we turn them out. Can we like into wisdom? Uh, the Christmas creep, I don't even think I need to tell you all is officially on. Uh, can- the candle nights, have, for many of you, have begun. We've been hearing about it, uh, starting to come in across the wires. So thank you for those updates. Um, candle nights, I, because I feel like we haven't discussed it in a little bit wholesale. Candle nights is a pan. Religious, Religious, pansexual, personal pan holiday for everyone. Uh, So uh, it is our holiday. It is a, oh, probably the most important thing in in this special time of year to remember about Candle Nights is that it is a registered trademark of Big Giant Head LLC. Correct. All rights reserved. Mm -hmm. So uh, that is the most important thing about helping Candle Nights grow is that it is our trademark that only we can use. Let's get that first question going. I work overnights at a facility with a washer and a dryer. Ooh, no need to brag. <laughs> On certain nights, we have less to wash than others. 
am I committing some sort of weird work crime if I were to throw my own laundry in on slow days? <laughs> It'd save me money at the laundromat, and I'd still use my own detergent. That's from Worried Washer in Washington. So, holy crap, this is confusing. They work at a facility with a washer and dryer. Correct. On certain nights, we have less wash to do than others. Yes. Are so they, they saying work they, have... they work in a facility, like say, like in a hotel where they're washing linens and sheets? Okay, and okay, stuff. okay, okay. Um, no, no, no. This is a binny. This is a binny of the job. It's Listen. embezzlement, Griffin. No, shush, shush. You can't embezzle that. You know, this is tie. embezzling. Listen, not every job that you will ever have in your entire life is there's there is so much coyness that goes into the hiring process they're gonna tell you you know salary you can go back and forth blow by blow and try and raise that up that's cool they are gonna tell you their expectations give you an idea like the schedule is gonna be what training is gonna be like um uh and then they're gonna tell you you know if it's at a retail place what kind of benefit you can get vis-a-vis uh discount but every job you'll ever have in your life is going to have these secret benefits that they cannot put down on paper. This place cannot write down. And also, you can do your laundry here for free. Hush, hush. Don't tell nobody. Yeah, yeah don't ruin it. Don't ruin it for everyone. Yeah. Like at the uh, GameStop that I worked at, it was the secret benefit there was that um, Nintendo DS games were just fair to steal because it was two thousand. <laughs> just steal them. It, it was eh? two thousand and it was like two thousand eight. The DS had like started a decline. You know, three DS was just around the corner, and so I gave a knowing look to my manager. He looked back at me and nodded, and a nod that said. You go ahead and grab, you know, Zelda Phantom Hourglass there, tuck it right into your shoe, like a little bag of cocaine, and go on out of here. It's a benefit. Uh, when I worked at Best Buy, the, the added secret benefit was like, you can just like play Wii Bowling for hours and say you're working and demonstrating the game for people. A great benefit. Really, you're just really protect, or like, uh, I, I was really perfecting my form. At Best Buy, and that's why I'm a professional wee bowler now. Yeah. So thank you, Best Buy. At the Blockbuster Justin worked at, it was you can steal one movie a month, just don't touch Fight Club. And then he <laughs> did. He took a, he took a big bite of that forbidden apple. Yep. He just couldn't resist. This is a Benny. You're good. I'm not sure I agree with you guys. I hate to be the stickler, but the the I I am not opposed. I don't think it's a problem to like use the washer and dryer stuff. Uh, what I do have a problem with is. How do you like maintain, like do the work of laundry? Laundry doesn't do itself. Like once you've thrown those clothes in, maybe that's not a big deal, but you are going to need to fold those. If you throw them in your trunk unfolded, you're all you're going to end up with is a big pile of wrinkly clothes, and nobody likes that. So, are you going to take? Is it is it not bad enough to take the boss man's detergent and water and you, now you're an electricity? They and will use their own detergent, to... Justin. Okay, fine, but now you're using his time. That's company time, Dilbert, to fold your laundry. You couldn't have picked another name. Couldn't have picked another name. There was none other ones there, right in there at that time. Um. Yeah, I get what you're saying. How have we not? We have shaved so many of the edges off. The laundry doing process, right? Like you go back and you look at the origins of laundry, and you know you wash. It's my your favorite Radiohead album, by the way. Yeah, it's great. You wash your clothes in the river, or you get the wash the wash tub with a you know a little, with a little um, thing that they play as a little cool instrument. Washboard. A washboard. Washboard. And you know we got that fixed. We got now a machine that gets the clothes wet, tumbles them around, gets them soapy, and another one that dries out the work of the first machine. And it's like we got that far, and we left the one big, very sharp, very deadly edge on it, which is now you have to do origami and sort and carry all of your heavy clothes. How have we not been able to, like, then they, you know, are injected into a small pellet that you can then just, like, pull out of your drawer. It'll be labeled Griffin's nice red shirt, and then you just spit on it, and the capsule disintegrates, and there's your shirt ready to go. Soaked in spit. No, perfect. The capsule caught most of the spit. It will have some spit on it, but you didn't have to carry it like, you know, you just carry it. And then we'll need a fourth machine to wring out the spit. Listen, that's all I'm saying. Get my capsule machine going. Do you guys want a Yahoo? Yeah, I love that. Here's one sent in by Nick G. Thanks. It's a Yahoo Answers user, Ashley, who asks Is it possible to create a poem in your dreams? 
About two months ago, I had a dream about a book of poetry. I opened it and read a poem, and the theme was Where the Green Sky Meets the Blue Earth. I only actually read... I only actually read the first stanza, and the poem was amazing. I was so <laughs> I was so enveloped by the poem that I was actually sucked into the book and experienced the poem. Okay. Uh-huh. I've searched yep. and searched, but I can't find a poem about a green sky and blue earth. I really didn't think it was possible to create literature in a dream, but now I'm not so sure. I really want to find that poem. Is it possible to write a poem in a dream? If anyone can help me or at least point me in the right direction, that would be great. I dreamt a poem... I uh-huh. did. It seemed a little long and a little tough, and I had, you know, some nude parts of the dream I wanted to get to. So I did only read the first stanza, but it was amazing. I was so enveloped by the first stanza, which was all I allowed myself to read because of how boring it was. I was sucked into the book and experienced this green sky and blue earth firsthand. Holy shit. Why, why is the sky green in this? It's a fucking it's dream a- poem. Tra- I, there are two answers to that, Travis. One, it's a poem. Two, it's a dream. <laughs> yeah, but even in a poem, you're not like, look at that, I don't know, purple tree. And it's like, oh, you're nailing it with this poem thing. You're like, you're like creating some very wild boundaries around, around what poems can have. Poems can do pretty much whatever, but if they get the color of the sky wrong, it's like, next. Yeah. Next That's poem, please. That's not about creating art and your beautiful, I don't know, rhymes or not rhymes. Come on, poems. Come on. Not rhyming? Anybody can not rhyme things. But then you're also like making the sky green? What are you talking? And earth is brown. Um, that's po- entirely possible. You remember when Travis was a copy editor for EE Comics? How many, <laughs> how many of his works he just nope sent back? No, nope, nope. Where's nope. the punctuation? Listen, I think your typewriter's got messed up keys in it or something because this is all this is all fucked up. E-E. I just wrote back more commas, more the top. <laughs> more commas, one line. This is a sentence. EE, you can do better than this. Gosh, this I wish is- I knew other poets. I know. Man, there's got to be other ones, right? I've been I- wondering about this lately. I am married to a, a poet. And I, you would think at some point I would have learned like through osmosis or just from, you know, like j- just kissing. Like I would have absorbed some Something. sort of like uh, knowledge, but uh, literally none. Um, I feel like there's one named Yates. There's one named Yeet for sure. <laughs> um, okay. Dream poem. My, my favorite one is Lord Byron because where does he get off? Yeah, that's right? pretty good. Um, so did you I dream? Guess. Can you dream? Hmm. Did all of the George Lucas... Have a dream about Star Wars. Woke up, wrote it down. Not a poem. No, no, no. But you get what I'm but saying. But Griffin, here's. I'm sorry, but what you are saying, yeah, of course, of course, you can dream an idea. That yeah, this is worse. What what this person is saying is that they dreamed about a poem that does exist already that they themselves have never read or seen. So they are trying to find the poem they dreamed about. Yeah, uh, a very, very helpful user who, like, deserves a Medal of Honor for going above and beyond on Yahoo fucking Answers uh, named Evelyn says, best answer, a rainbow by Donna Brock. Curving up, then down, meeting blue sky and green earth. Le- Evelyn, okay. It's, okay, clearly the, it's clearly the opposite, though. Green sky, blue earth. But it's like Evelyn the, is I, correct. I appreciate your help, but you did, come on. Come on. Evelyn um, gets an A for accuracy. So. <laughs> and a P for poem. And an R for rainbow. And an L for letters. <laughs> there were many. She gets all of them. Uh, this would is be. Is this a poem? Is this episode a poem? I mean, come on. What isn't a poem? Fuck. I mean, lots of. Most stuff isn't. Most stuff ain't poems. Most stuff ain't What do you poem. know? Okay, point to something right now and conclusively prove to me that it's not a poem. I mean, well, I guess anything can be a poem, and if that's your philosophy, <laughs> then a 99 and then like a funny number of .999s after it, like I would go on for a long time, and you'd be like, wow, that sure is a very small number of things are good poem this episode yeah you could maybe write it down and then submit it to poetry class you'll be expelled from the school for this or or lauded as like the next like poet laureate of the world i do know this i do know this you have to be right you have to be writing a poem to make a poem (laughs) and it is hard to do it 
And I think saying out loud that anything's a poem, so fuck y'all, is maybe a bad (laughs) tact to take on, Travi. We're, I mean, we're looking down in Wayne's basement, only that's not Wayne's basement. Isn't that weird? And then Wayne says, Garth, that was a haiku. So he was not intending to write a poem, but he did write a poem. Uh-huh. By, but with, yeah. the, with his phraseology. Sure. Or just when, like, Drew Barrymore in Dying Dragos is like, cellar door, and everyone's yeah. like, oh, God, it's fucking So both beautiful. those things you just mentioned were um, professional actors reading off a script that somebody had written. Somebody did write that haiku intentionally, Justin, so I'm going to come at you. And for Travis's example, not, didn't do a poem. I'm pretty sure she read a poem written by a poet at some point. Both of you guys are just, you fucking tanked so bad there on both of the points you were trying to make. Poems are hard, you gotta try to make them. I don't That's think- That's a poem. You, you just made a poem. Poems are hard, you gotta try to make them. That could be a poem. Cut, print, rap. Griffin. Is it, yes, now, now rap was it a Griffin. rap? <laughs> um, no. Are poems raps? Are raps some of them poems. are, yeah. I, I don't know why I'm having to explain this to the two. It doesn't seem like the the the, the sort of taxonomy of these things is too difficult to understand. I feel like as someone who is married to an appreciator of poetry, you, Griffin, are wanting to put a lot of bounds on what is and ain't poems. And I think what Travis and I are saying is very empowering. Yes. Because what we're sort of saying is, who knows? Yeah, you yeah, know sure. I, mean? I think, put... you know, I think this is a scenario, Griffin, where when this episode goes up, poets will actually be coming at you. Yeah. Oh, trying okay. to limit their creativity, where I'm saying literally everything is a poem and anything could be a poem, and you're like, no, a poem's gotta be like this. Well, <laughs> and I you're like old man poet well, who's trying to like box them in, and no, I'm opening the door and setting them free. I feel, I feel like maybe I'm not putting boundaries on them because a poem can take so many forms. But what you all are saying, you're coming up and over me and saying that like fettuccine Alfredo, the dish of um, thick food, can be a poem. Yes. And I hate yes. that. I hate out. that. <laughs> it smells stuff out with the noodles. Yes. Yeah, or sure. maybe you do it in such a way that somebody eats it. And like, you're a fucking noodle poet, Derek. Yeah, the cream spills on the Olive Garden table and the sunlight shining through it makes a prism on the floor and you point down at that and say, uh, look, everyone, a poem. Look before That's it goes away. Yes. It's a pasta poem. All right, all right. <laughs> I'm just saying that maybe, as always, I'm right and you're wrong. I'm just saying what Travis, I think what Travis and I are saying is um, maybe poems are a collection of letters and spaces and punctuation. Uh-huh. Maybe they're a collection of glutens and dairy products <laughs> yes. and peppercorns. You know what I mean? Like it yeah. could be. Whatever You're talking you... about discovered poems. I'm yes. talking about undiscovered poems. Like, I'm looking at the periodic table of poems, and you're looking at the first two lines, and I'm saying maybe there's even more squares and lines of poems that we haven't even discovered yet. Griffin is... Okay, Griffin didn't know about undiscovered poems. Yes. <laughs> uh, of with a I, lot of okay. poems. Let me clear this up for Griffin, Travis, if I'm going to be so bold. Please yeah, do. Please. Yeah, I'm obviously yeah. having some trouble here. <laughs> with a lot of poems is that people haven't realized that they're poems yet. Correct. So so the hard work, uh, a lot of people write poems and it's almost like wasteful Mm -hmm. because there's lots of poems out there already that we just haven't sort of unearthed yet. You know what I mean? That are just waiting to be discovered. I guess, you know, it's not like anybody's ever kicked in the door to plowshares and said, hey, here's a fat I'm afraid I'll print this, you fucking cowards. So, yeah, that's fair. (laughs) Now, what a lot of people are wondering is what's plowshares. Yeah, it's a... (laughs) <laughs> and you know what? I don't think that's as important as the fact that fettuccine Alfredo can be a poem. It's, you just yeah, say fettuccine Alfredo. Yeah. How how would how would Plowshares, a, a literary journal, how would they oh, go about uh, printing fettuccine Alfredo? So like I guess they, they, you squeeze it between the pages of the book, Griffin. Each one. Okay. I thought like maybe, pressing a flower. I thought maybe you upended on the Xerox, whatever shape it takes, is the poem. We print oh, maybe that. 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 Oh, I like that. Too. No, that sounds more like of a McSweeney's thing. Hey, Griffin, you're kind of getting the hang of it now. Yeah, I'm proud when, of you. When you're, you st- you're a poet now, boy. When did you start Plowshares? Uh, I didn't even know about it. Yeah, it was. I was uh, doing a, a weed in the 70s and <laughs> uh, eating the most delicious bowl 
of not fettuccine alfredo but in that family sort of a carbonara situation yeah. and i i uh let out a hearty burp my friend tim said that's a poem and so the rest is history baby burp into this book quick yeah i burped into the book i burped all my secrets into it tim said that's a poem quick slam the books slam the book shut before the burp poem gets away and um so that was how that worked and there are people who are never going to listen to our show again because of this bit because they were they're too afraid of how truthful it is like maybe this episode's a poem i've been doing this for long enough now that i can sense these things i feel like there are some people that have gone beyond mad and found emotions beyond mad which this... hopefully will be useful to them in their poetry <laughs> I've, never, I've never thought of our podcast as us being the cenobites from the hellraiser movies just like trying to make you experience new sort of by, by subjecting you to new sort of uh torturous body horrors uh by desecrating the things that you're passionate about you can find new you can transcend the base emotions into something more beautiful that you can then turn into poetry yes yes I'm only passionate about one thing. Do you all know what it is? Money? Uh, money zone? Money. Yeah, it's money. Right. It's money. It's the one thing. It's money. This is the year that you can finally tackle your holiday shopping early. And guess what? You can just get everybody underpants and stuff. Okay. Yeah, well, no, there's a reason, because we're sponsored this week by MeUndies, and MeUndies uses the coveted micro-modal fabric, which is three times softer than cotton, and let me tell y'all, if you like their underpants, you're gonna love their lounge pants. Yeah. I was wearing the lounge pants yesterday, my my little baby boy uh, grabbed, like, the, the cuff of the pant leg down at the bottom near my foot and just started playing with the micromodal fabric, just kind of stretching it and playing with it and having a great time. But great for kids. F- folks, let me tell you, these aren't, these aren't pants to wear all the time. If you have things to do, don't put these pants on. Yes. This is not working wear, folks. You're going to put these on and be like, I'm just going to stretch out here on the couch until Tuesday. <laughs> what? <laughs> I got fired from my job because you're oh, so no. darn comfortable. And here's the thing. You can choose from four different cuts of underpants, um, all of which are available from classic colors to adventurous prints. Um, and the lounge pants, they come, uh, the ones I have are in this very fun uh, black and red, uh, like kind of very seasonal uh, print that I really enjoy, like a plaid. Mine are green and black. Ooh, really? It's fun. Yeah, they're different. Ooh. Um, and speaking of prints, uh, they'll be releasing a new print every Tuesday. Um, Speaking of prints, Raspberry Beret, killer track. So sick. Um, And along with lounge pants, they got onesies, they got hoodies, they got t-shirts. I have a Meundies t-shirt that is like one of my favorite to put because it it just feels like a hug. I've been wearing their hoodie since the weather changed here in Austin. It's it's been nice. Nice friend. Uh, They have a great offer for our listeners. Uh, For any first-time purchasers, when you purchase any Meundies, you get 15% off and free shipping. It's a no-brainer. Get 50% off a pair of the most comfortable undies or whatever you will ever put on. Uh, to get your 15% off of your first pair, free shipping, and 100% satisfaction guarantee, go to MeUndies.com slash MyBrother. That's MeUndies.com slash MyBrother. Uh, I ha- want to tell you about Squarespace. If if you've always wanted to make a website, but you thought it was for other people, Poindexters with tape on their glasses and pocket mm-hmm. protectors and what have you, uh, I have great news. Web design is for jocks now, thanks to Squarespace, bringing the world of uh, web design to the planet's uh, lacrosse coaches and uh, <laughs> local toughs. You hear Anybody. that? You hear that, Winklevoss twins? It's time for fucking revenge, dudes. <laughs> yeah, dudes. Now even bros like yourself can make a website. <laughs> and uh, if you're a, a bro, we've made the we've made the butt book. We are the Winklevoss twins. Didn't know how, but then Squarespace came up and high fived us. Uh, you you Squarespace will let you turn your cool idea into a new website, blog, or publish content, sell products and services of all kinds, and so much more. And they do it all with free and secure hosting, twenty four seven award winning customer support, analytics, and built in search engine optimization to help you grow in real time, and so much more. So please go to squarespace.com slash my brother for a free trial and when you're ready to launch use the offer code my brother to save 10 percent off your first purchase of a website 
or domain. That's my brother, all one word. Hey, I got a Jumbotron here. This one is for Zoe, Amy, Danny, Jude, Manny, Sky, Dania, Noel, and Jess. And it's from Nico, who says, Salutations. I'm sure you're wondering why I've gathered you all here today. It is important that I tell you that I am Nico, and you are all my friends, the important ones clearly because you listen to this show. Zoe, one day I will get you to stop committing food crimes. The rest of you, it's 420 somewhere, so please 420 blaze it. For me, Jumbotron adjourned. Love that. I love that. A lot of times we get letters in, and people say, I don't know when to stop listening to the Jumbotron. And this Mm -hmm. one had a little, like, uh, you know, over and out on it, which was... I think that Jumbotron was a poem. How about this next one, then? Let's see about that. Okay. I'll read it, I guess, because nobody else is doing it. This is for You introed it. It's for Perry uh, Buto. Uh, Sorry if I fucked that up. It's uh, from Michaela Johnson Blanchard, or Blanchard, who says... Hey, Specialty Pizza, I purchased this message to commemorate how far we've come since our days listening to Mbim Bam and knitting on your bed. We don't like that show anymore, obviously. Uh, we've, we've come way past it. It's really <laughs> we've grown. We've grown and evolved, and it's for we've put away our childish things. <laughs> no. Uh, you're almost done with your master's, and I'm finishing up my first quarter of grad school plus getting married. I am thrilled that you continue to be an important person in my life, and I hope hearing some love from these boys brightens your day. Looking forward to our next adventure. It's a sweet message. Sometimes we get stuff like this and I worry that we aren't rubbing enough love into it. We're just mm. sort of reading. So like, I guess Perry, we love you. We love you. Hi, I'm the JV Club podcast, Janet Varney, and I used to suffer from indecision. I couldn't choose between Star Wars and Star Trek, whether to call or text or the best way to cook my eggs. But now, thanks to my weekly dose of We Got This on Maximum Fun, my decisions are made for me. Thanks, Mark and Hal. Warning, We Got This may cause shouting, phone throwing, the illusion that the hosts can hear you, laughter on public transit, and death. We Got This with Mark and Hal. We know what's best. How about a next question? Before we do that, I have a special segment I'd like to introduce to you now. It's a new segment. Ooh. It's a new festive segment a lot uh there's a jingle i wrote for it if i could just sing the jingle real quick okay of course okay come and sit with me now in the candlelight yeah this christmas we're gonna do it right hang some lights on the tree yeah that's a christmas to me Put your arm around the fire. <laughs> yeah, I don't want any more knock. Yeah, you're calling me a liar. But I'm gonna go out for a jog. That's right. a Christmas to me. You and me and her and a tree. Learning about birds and the bees. That's a Christmas to me. So this is my new segment. That's a Christmas to me. And it's it's a segment where um I'm gonna read you three descriptions from uh Hall Hallmark Christmas films. Um two two of them are going to be real films. Oh, and no. one of them is going to be a film that I have engineered. These are challenging questions that I don't want anybody to leap to snap decisions to. I want you to really chew these over, okay? Okay. We have three films today. The first film is called Let It Snow. Hmm. When Falcon Resorts acquires family-owned Snow Valley Lodge from retiring owners Carla and Paul, driven executive Stephanie Beck must spend the week before Christmas in Maine preparing a proposal on the property's renovations. Determined to impress Falcon's president, her detached father, Ted, Stephanie reluctantly departs her warm Arizona home to immerse herself in the lodge's property and decide how to change it to fit the hip young falcon brand while preparing to rebuild the snow valley lodge from the ground up stephanie butts heads with her property guide brady lewis carla and paul's son who has decided to leave his family's business over creative differences with his dad a self-defined grinch stephanie begins her stay at snow valley lodge immune to christmas sentiment but 
As the Lodge's festive traditions provide, the Christmas Stephanie never had growing up with her distant father. Stephanie finds herself enjoying every minute. To complicate her professional duties even further, the combative feelings she felt towards Brady turned into romantic ones. Stephanie's uh newfound Christmas spirit and unexpected holiday romance, she begins to question Falcon's overhaul. As her Christmas Eve deadline approaches, she's faced with a decision. Should she transform the lodge into a new winter hotspot or embrace tradition and let it snow? The latter one, because it's the name of the movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's our first film. It's called Let It Snow. Okay. Uh, I want to get through our other two films. Their descriptions are slightly shorter, mercifully. These descriptions, by the way, are direct from the Hallmark Company's uh, website. Yeah, but I didn't think you wrote these. Okay, thank you. When San, uh, <clears throat> this one's called Castaway for Christmas. When San Francisco, they sit down to watch the Tom Hanks movie Castaway. <laughs> <laughs> and you watch Christmas them watch special. the whole thing. It's awesome. <clears throat> Castaway for Christmas. When San Francisco oil executive Nick Sperling comes to the remote Canadian hamlet of Cedarwood Island, he's mm-hmm. only looking for one thing: the rumored oil deposit under Cedarwood's only tree farm slash bed and breakfast. In the hopes of endearing himself to its owner, single mom Lisa Craig, Nick pretends to be a bed and breakfast <laughs> a bed and breakfast critic looking for Canada's most charming holiday escape. When a snowstorm shuts down ferry service off the island, Nick finds himself stranded on what the natives jokingly call Christmas Island in honor of how the town goes all out for the holiday. Before long, Nick starts to doubt his plans to raise the farm in search of oil and starts to wonder if he could make a life with Lisa. But after she learns the truth, will she ever want to see him again? Is the truth that he's a ghost? No, the truth is that he's an oil executive. He pretended oh, to be. Oh, anyway. right, right, right. Okay. Spoiler. Uh, last film. Christmas and Christmas and love. Good. I can't believe one of these isn't real. I haven't even heard what this is. Ellie Hartman is an aspiring crafter working in her small town's bakery, making famous Christmas Kringles. When her new, <laughs> uh-huh. when uh-huh. The, the new big city CEO Nick Carlingson visits the bakery, Jesus he arrives Christ. filled with modernization ideas, destined to lay off many employees. During his visit, Ellie is to teach Nick how to make a Kringle. And determined to show him it's the people who make the business success, not machines. Nick meets more of the employees and townspeople, visits the food bank, and begins to see all the kindness that is shared, and he begins to soften. They're not convinced automation isn't better. Struggling with chasing her own entrepreneurial dreams, Ellie begins to fall for Nick, but not before feeling betrayed when she inadvertently sees Nick's laptop filled with automation plans. Mm. When Nick finally tells the employees his future ideas for the company, Ellie must decide if she should trust him, but more importantly, whether to take a leap of faith in making her own dreams come true. And that's Christmas in Love. The three films, again, are Let It Snow. And that's about the woman who goes to the resort to... Find out change how they it. do Christmas. And gotcha. Change it now, and knock it, and, and knock it down. Castaway for Christmas is about an oil executive that goes to a Christmas island to not probably knock down the tree farm in order to build his oil thing. And uh-huh. then Christmas in Love is about a guy who's gonna <laughs> go destroy the bakery to br- replace it with robots. That one has oh. a Blade Runner vibe that I'm super into. By the now, way, I, I do want to ask too because I am not as familiar with like the Hallmark Netflix original Amazon uh, three, original channel three twelve Trav on Directv. Get there, thank you. But is it just a? Uh, did you specifically pick these three movies for the theme, or is it just a super common theme of like? Person comes to town to destroy a small business. Oh no, love yeah. save the business. This is Netflix's Christmas Inheritance too. It's just it's it feels like some. What was the first? What was the er movie for these that was just sort of then passed down through a game of telephone and became all. And you know what? I'm talking about this, Justin, completely ignoring the fact that one of these is fake. One of these yeah. is you wrote, uh, and I have to say kudos. To me. Thank you. Kudos. Yes, it's a very realistic. I I have to give half the credit. To Sydney, who helped me. By the way, we cooked up our film in 10 minutes while she folded laundry and I kept the baby from killing herself. So it's like... Not the hardest. It's not the hardest. Uh, Anything can be a urban person goes rural romantic Christmas. Hey, be careful. Learns that people are maybe worth the shit. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, there's, I think that that's definitely, Travis, you stumbled on one of the common themes in Hallmark Christmas movies. The, the three big ones I would say are, uh, big city person who, uh, 
fucking doesn't has never heard of Christmas, never had it, somehow missed it, <laughs> and then goes to one small town where they're like, uh, yeah, we got Christmas coming out of our ass. Here, have a little bit extra Christmas. The second theme is white. The third theme is uh the like automation and preservation of business in favor of like like uh, uh profits versus keeping jobs and 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 tradition. So literally saying like m- this is more important than the money we would need to pay people who work here. Yeah, the people are what matters. I just, I'm I'm so I, worried about giving away anything. I, really, I know, I know, I know. I really hope Christmas and Love is not the fake one because I feel like Jeff Bezos could really. I love have to, to watch say that it's one. Christmas and Love too. You do? I, well, wait, no, no, I'm not saying that one's oh. fake. No, I'm saying I don't want that to be fake. I I think Castaway for Christmas is for sure the fake one. I think it's Christmas and Love, Justin. So, what are our votes? Sorry, one more time. I'm cast away for Christmas. Travis's Christmas, Christmas and love. In love. Christmas and love is the one with the Kringles, right? Yeah. Okay. Then that's what I'm going with. As the fake one. Yes. All right. The winner of this round of uh, uh, that's a Christmas to me is uh, Griffin McElroy. <gasps> cast away for Christmas is a fake film that my wife and I came up with at 2:45 today before we started recording Holy this episode. Holy shit. Thank you really? very much. Yeah, it was good. It was, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not saying it was fake because you gave yourself away. It just seemed like one. It um, se- I had to pick one, and it seemed like the oil the one was maybe with Kringles was real. Here's the yeah. wildest thing. <clears throat> if I may divert about Christmas and love real quick. So the CEO of the bakery company comes, and he's the son of the current CEO, and he's going to be the new CEO, right? He comes to the bakery company. To This is where they bake all the things. And he's from the home base in San Francisco. He uh-huh. is the son of the owner, okay? He shows up in this town of, like, where everybody loves Christmas and this woman bakes Christmas Kringles. Uh, shows up in the town and pretends he's not. But just pretends he's not that. Because in all of these films, the one thing that's very important is deceit. There's always deceit in these films. It's extremely important. This woman doesn't know what the son of the owner of her company looks like. She allows herself to be lied to for the entirety of the film about his identity. It is it says absolute madness. I am not as much of a business expert as I am a poetry expert. Is it common for a a headquarters of what sounds to me like a single bakery. Yes, yes, To be yes. not in the same place as where the bakery is? I'm going to set up my office thousands of miles away from the only building that matters to my company? Yes. Yes. Um, listen, we need to give thanks to Netflix for making bold films like A Christmas Prince that break the fucking mold. Like, uh, like fucking uh, Christmas Chronicles, which is about a Santa who does fuck for sure. Exciting <laughs> to watch that. I haven't, I haven't watched Christmas out. Chronicles yet, yeah. but it is on my uh, my 40 Christmas movie to-do list. Yeah. Still looking for 10 Bump more suggestions, by the way. One. Uh, can we do a Yahoo? Yeah. Uh, we've only answered one regular question this episode. Maybe we should do that first. You got it. I recently discovered that my landlord has a secret toilet hidden in my basement. I live in a house with an unfinished basement, and there's a door down there that the landlord keeps locked and has told us it's off limits. One day when I was in the basement, I noticed the door was unlocked, so of course I took a peek. Inside was a toilet and a half-used roll of toilet paper. I'm really not sure how to proceed from here. Call the cops. Call the cops. <laughs> <laughs> Does he come to my house just to poop in my basement? Yes. What do I do? <laughs> <laughs> and now doing laundry, and suddenly I hear it flush, and he comes out of his secret bathroom. Should I be afraid? Should I tell him I've discovered his dirty little secret? Please help. That's from Bathroom Shy in Michigan. You can't tell him. He'll silence you. Yep. Yeah. If I had a toilet somewhere in the world that only I knew about, I would protect that with my life. Yeah, he oh, will put God. you in the ground. No Holy question. Holy shit. Have you guys ever thought about this? Just now, I, mean, I was reading it. No, yeah. listen. I put it in the question. Stop, stop, right? please stop and listen. Please stop and listen. <laughs> There's not a toilet on the earth that only you have used. There is not a toilet on the planet that exists that only knows your brand. <laughs> Every toilet you have ever used, you may have been the first one to use it, and maybe in that moment you were the only, but that, that was a not... It's not permanent. There's no. There are very few people, aside from the mega rich, I, I assume, 
who just don't don't have their own toilet. And I think your landlord has that and knows that he is special because of it and has to keep it somewhere. Huh. You got to call the police. <laughs> they exist for this exact reason. <laughs> 911, what's your emergency? Listen, this is going to sound weird, but I found a toilet in my... We'll be right there. Every cop in the world is on the way. So listen, we're going to take good care of you. Don't panic, but get out of the house. Do you have a cupboard you can crawl into and get small? <laughs> um, do you know... Let me Let me get through this thought. Do you know how ragged your your action has to be that the first time that you uh, move in with your new bride and you use the bathroom, she grabs you by the lapels as you're coming out and says, you look at me, Ralph Sperling. I'm not going to leave because I made a promise in front of the God and our family and everything. But if you ever, ever do that in our home again, I am gone. I need you to buy another house to put those in. Because <laughs> they're not going in my house with my dad's ashes and all my different paintings and my Wedgwood and everything. You're not doing that in my home. We're going to have children here someday. You can't do that here. You're going to buy another house. <laughs> this we'll is live. an antique couch. This isn't happening here. <laughs> Who's going to live there? I don't give a shit who lives there, Ralph. Hopefully nobody for their sakes, but that is where you will put these crimes. You lock that shame in the basement. They can't even know you do oh it there. God. Well, listen, that's locked up, and then every year uh, I just come and brick over it, cask of a monolato style. <laughs> so no big deal. It's completely fine. Once the toilet starts to melt from my leavings, I just brick over the room. But oh, you know, house. that's... That's probably what this is. It's just like, you know, there's, there's, there is, for a fact, bunkers. Uh, there was one planned, uh, or it was built in West Virginia at uh, the Greenbrier for like, this is a case of nuclear attack. This is where we take people from the government. But once you know that location, like, well, we got to build another one. Like, I think that this is that. Like, it's he probably drops has, sort yeah, of all he of has a city. secret turlet that if you like let him know, like, your house is going to probably be gone tomorrow. Yeah, or it dissolves from the stuff you do in it, and then you got to sell that house and buy a new house. Um, could we get an HGTV show out of this? Mm. <laughs> and maybe you only get one episode Toilet a hunters. year. I'm thinking flip or plop. Okay, Ooh, very good. I like that. I'm thinking... Plopper, plopperty brother? What you should plopperty do is flip or plop Las Vegas to make people think that there's other ones mm. that were very successful, so mm. they should probably watch. Wow, this is a rough one. I mean, just, uh. just let your landlord have this. I mean, is what my advice to you would be if they'll cut you in on the action. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna let you have this secret. I don't know who you're keeping it from. I don't care. I'm not paid to ask questions. But you are gonna give me a key. It's gonna be our little secret now. Yeah, I, that could work. I'm saying that there's another possibility here, that we have looked at this as like a secret uh, bathroom for, for your landlord, but what if when you tell your landlord, like, what's the deal? He's like, you didn't use it, did you? Did you the last 10 people to use that toilet died Cursed in toilet. a horrific accident within 24 hours. It's a, the ring, you gotta get somebody else. To sit on it. Can you leave yes. a note in there that says, I know? I mean, you, yeah, if you wanted to put everybody on blast, I think you could get, you'll need a 3D printer and a bunch of marbles, but you 3D print out something that looks like toilet paper, and they reach over to get the, the scrape that they need, uh, and they realize it's not real, it's 3D printed, and it looks really real, and so they can't yell for help, and so they do that shameful walk, that they do out into the, the basement. Well, what's that? The marbles are there. And now you record. And that's just for you. Mm. And then you never pay rent again. Never again do you pay rent. Jesus, that's right. This is a good opportunity, actually. You play this right, this is, this is about as controlled as rent could get. You play this wrong. And that's well, uh, the ball game. Yeah, you'll be, you'll be killed. <laughs> the ball game. <laughs> or they will. It's really important to play it right. There's yeah. a lot of ways that this could go bad. Uh, hey, I got a Yahoo here I'd love to read. It's from uh, Ava Willard. Uh, sorry again of if I mispronounced that. It's from an anonymous Yahoo Answers user. I'm going to call Sperling, who asks, 
is there a place where I can make my own sandwich? Mm. Not the house, because if okay. you say the house, every you're as funny as every Yahoo Answers user on this page. Travis, go ahead and say what you're going to say. Mm-mm. No, go ahead and say what you're going to say, No, please. I was going to say, I assume you mean like a restaurant. Yes, a restaurant where you can go and grab what you want. Nobody else has to touch it. I have eaten at Subway maybe twice since the day that I saw somebody cut their hand open while making me a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that and I said, ah, I don't think I can come here as often as I do. <laughs> he, this person wants a place where they're in, they want, they want a place where they're in control. They want a, they want a Doug way for Dougs to get together and make their own damn sandwiches. Where they can be the sandwich artist. Exactly. Let me be yeah. the sandwich. It's like a paint by numbers place, like a wine and wine and paint place. Just let me grab the meat with my own hand. I, I was, my initial instinct to this was to, to say no there are no places there are no restaurants where you can make your own sandwich and then it occurred to me i've never asked yeah. you know i think if i'm like hey just leave the pylons there on the bar and let me take a spin on this one i i'm i'm something of a budding i'm an outsider sandwich artist uh and i i feel like i got a new style that I could bring <laughs> i'm the e.e e. cummings of sandwich sure. artistry um when i was in high school i was shown in a science class the film The Andromeda Strain, the Michael Crichton adaptation, The Andromeda Strain. And there's a lot from that movie that's very like, it's a good good flick, a lot of stuff that still stands out in my mind from that one time I watched it, uh, you know, 13 years ago. And there's the thing that sticks out the most is when they're going into the compound where they're going to study this virus that's ravaging the world, they have to pass through this chamber and they walk through this like fluid that covers their legs and then, then there are these bright lights that flash up with this super bright, hot burst of heat that hits them very very fast and hot and it burns off like the top layer of their skin just like instantly and painlessly so that they're fully fully clean and i'm gonna need one of those in the entrance to every dugway if we're gonna be handling big (laughs) piles of lunch meats together i'm gonna need everybody to lose a layer and then go on they'll have to be nude and they lose a layer of the skin and then you get your clothes back and this is what the sandwich artists will be doing is they'll be like facilitating this process so we don't lose any jobs Mm. I like that part. As a concerned citizen, I love that we're not losing any American jobs. My favorite part is when we burn all the skin off so I don't have to touch anybody else's sin. I don't have to, somebody just came from their secret basement bathroom. I don't want to be the next one to make a roast beef. You know what I mean? Uh, Can we get a vending machine? Some sort of, or individually wrapped sort of slices. There's Maybe there's other solutions other than burning all the skin. Here's the thing. I was going to give this a hard time of like, just, just make it at home. But I, I know, I realize, I know, Griffin, I know. But then I also realize that there are restaurants that you go to where you buy an uncooked pizza to take it home and make it yourself. That's right, we sure. discovered this, this territory. So this has to exist of like, here's the bread, here is the, I don't know, different forms of greens, here is some meat options. And we'll look the other way. It's just the one you've made the most already of. Did that sentence get across the point I wanted? I'm not sure. It, a, a sandwich no. is, the, of all the things you've made for yourself already of, Uh huh. sandwich is number one for sure. If I oh, go to like I a see. Korean barbecue place, it's exciting for me. I'm preparing my own sort of meal experience and it's exciting for me because I don't make Korean barbecue all the time. I'm still throwing down three, four sandwiches a week. And so it, I don't know that it's that it, it's exciting for me to do this. And maybe it's a bad idea. I know we don't usually put those up. Usually we're just putting up solid gold basketball shots, but this one seems like it may actually be quite bad. I will say I'm afraid to dagwood at home. Oh, mm. God, that's what it is. But it, I could dagwood somewhere where people might be like i'm impressed right and like that i could that's why i could see this being like can you make a sandwich we've never seen before get your name on the wall like with a photograph that kind of thing i'd be down with that's some there's some dissonance there if i see the orange cat garfield or travis's friend dagwood make a tall sandwich and then Mm -hmm. eat it every time i see one of those on the printed page of my sunday funnies I think, damn, that looks good. If I was confronted with a nine inch tall or bigger, a 14 inch tall 
a ham sandwich that was just piles of meat, I would see that and say, that seems quite unappetizing. That seems like a lot of ham to get through. The thing that's always bothered me about those cartoon strip sandwiches, by the way, there's always like a chicken leg or something on there, and there's a bone in there. There is a bone in that. I can't chomp through that. Maybe mm-hmm. Garfield came with his powerful jaws. What are you thinking? And there's always like a toothpick with an olive on top. Yeah. You can't eat that toothpick. That's going to hurt your intestines. Not for yeah, cats. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Not Justin, Justin, you like sandwich? Yeah, I love a good <laughs> I love a good sandwich. I'm pretty much kind of just a meat and potatoes sort of guy. All right, you put I meat just and potatoes felt, on your sandwich. I just kind of felt like you were letting me and Trav handle most of the legwork on this one. I thought maybe you don't like a sandwich. I wrote like a third of the show earlier, so I was. Kind I of heard like that bit. Coasting. I heard that bit. I was just yeah. coasting a little bit. Well, can maybe say like one, like contribute. <laughs> 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 maybe like help, like build the bit like with one. I got a bit. So like, yeah, if I got you weren't, if you weren't paying attention, I suggested like we uh, burn everyone's skin off who goes in. Travis is like, we can make tall sandwiches. So if mm-hmm. you want to like get a hand on the ball, what would it? Say? Yeah, I got a bit that I've been working on. Okay. I think, okay. Um, <laughs> Do you right. need me kind of lead up to it? Yeah, but uh, just say, uh, just say like, I'll be like, give me the rock, and Travis, you say like, here's the rock. Okay. Okay. Give me the rock. Oh, here's the rock. Thanks for listening to our show this week. We hope you've enjoyed yourself. Oh. Uh, this is the end of the show uh, that we've worked so hard on for you. There's a new episode of Till Death Do Us Blart, a podcast we create with uh, Tim and Guy from The Worst Idea of All Time, which excitingly is heading into its fourth season. You can hear all about that on this new episode of Till Death Do Us Blart. But if you never listen... Blart's a uh, death blart, as we've come to call it, is an annual uh, review of Paul Blart Mall Cop 2 hosted by us and Tim and Guy. Uh, and it is a show that will last forever because we have selected who uh, will take our place if we are unable to fulfill our roles. And uh, this is our fourth year watching it. And folks, it, it isn't getting better. Uh, it, is show is, it is for me. The, sh- the show's the getting show's better. Show's the movie's getting, getting better for some of us. Our enjoyment of it is not. So uh, find that wherever podcasts are um, right now. Um, I will also say we are going to be in Austin and Denver next week. So if you this are going week. to be at those shows. The current, oh, the yeah, current week you're this hearing week. this. Um, if you're going to be uh, at those shows, send your questions in ahead of time. But Austin uh, or Denver. And just quick clarification, because I know we now do this in the audience portion. This is just for like that live uh, first half where we read them and you don't have to stand up and read it. Yes. So if you have one of those questions, email it to us with Austin or Denver in the subject line, depending on which show you're going to be at. Yahoo's too, please. Um, so thanks to John Roderick and the Long Winters for the East for theme song, It's a Departure, off the album Putting the Days to Bed. Uh, it's a very, very uh, good album and good dude. And also thanks to Maximum Fun for having us on the network. You can go to MaximumFun.org, check out all the great shows there. Shows like Story Break and Switchblade Sisters and Jordan Jesse Go and so many more. MaximumFun.org. Uh, I, w- I want to do a quick plug. We just put up a bunch of new holiday merchandise yes. in our store McElroyMerch.com. We have ornaments for the Adventure Zone, My Brother, My Brother, Me, and Sawbones. We have a What's Up, You Cool Baby uh, uh, decal just went up. We have a new entry in our line of podcast merchandise. That's It's a cross-stitch that says, in this house, we don't say happy holidays. We say podcasts. We have a Joyce Candle Nights pin. And, of course, all the normal great stuff that's in there. So uh, please go uh, to McElroyMerch.com and uh, buy those things. That candlelight spin is only up for this month, so uh, don't sleep. You only got a few more days. Um, also, just real quick, we've got uh, a, a mailing list, a mailer that goes out. Um, you can sign up for it at bit.ly slash McElroy mail. It is not a pyramid scheme. I, I, I think maybe that got printed in the Times. I'm not sure where that's coming from, but that is incorrect. I got a Yahoo here. This one was sent in by Sam Left. Thank you, Sam. It'll be our last Yahoo of the show, so savor it. It's from Yahoo Answers user. My mouse cursor's gone. Where'd it go? Oh, he's hiding on the other monitor. You sneak thief. <laughs> uh, it's there. Something went wrong. Ah, no, fuck it. They asked, do ants pee and poo, and how? <laughs> My name is Justin McElroy. I'm Travis McElroy. I'm Griffin McElroy. That's where honey comes from. My brother, my brother, me kiss your dad. Square on the lips. Hey, 
MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported. This holiday season, we're flooding the Max Fun store with our biggest ever new product launch. 17 brand new items from some of your favorite shows. I bet you know someone who needs a new shirt or mug, maybe a hoodie. Cozy up in a pair of MaxFun logo socks or keep the sun out of your eyes with a rocket dad hat. There is literally no better holiday gift for the MaxFun fan in your life than some new gear. And hey, pick yourself up a little something too. You deserve it. Check it all out at MaxFunStore.com. That's MaxFunStore.com.